eyes peeled, everyone. It's time for the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Full 10 Yards College Podcast. Here again on a Tuesday evening to give you your... Well, weekly dose of college football goodness, I guess. Uh, I'm joined by Tom Borrett, as usual. I'll say as usual now. Uh, well ingrained <laughs> into the furniture now. And we've also got a, a new person with us, uh, Maxwell. He's our new contributor over here at the Fulton Yards College Football Podcast and for the site as well. Um, Maxwell, I'll come to you first, actually, as the newbie. Um, how are you? Very good, thank you. Very good. Uh, do you just want to give like a little bit of an introduction to yourself? I think I've sort of given you sort of an introductory tweet um, out on the, in the Twitterverse saying that you're the head coach of the Samuel Steelers, but I just want to give you, yourself a personal sort of introduction to everyone. Yeah, so um, I'm uh, heavily involved in the British American football community, um, played uh, for a number of years, uh, involved in also the Great Britain programme. Um, <clears throat> And then I uh, moved on to coaching where I've coached at Brunel University. Um, and now I'm the head coach at the Sandwell Steelers in Birmingham, uh, and we've just got promoted to the Premier League. Um, so, um, yeah, exciting time there. Um, but in terms of college and NFL and football in general, I've been following it for about 15 years. Just a huge fan of all schemes and teams, and I love the underdog. <laughs> and um, yeah, excited to talk about the um, the Big Twelve primarily, but a bit of mm-hmm. everyone as well. Absolutely, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to having you on board. Um, obviously, just sort of point everyone in that direction. If you go over to Maxwell's timelines, lots of good film stuff on there, which I'm very excited about. Something I want to get better at personally, and I think everyone should kind of study that and and sort of uh, you know, obviously, if you're a coach, it's a good person to learn from. I would say so. Yeah, just sort of want to direct everyone towards that. Definitely, I'm. I'm definitely looking forward to <laughs> picking your brains. Definitely, definitely. Tom, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, returned from Portugal to rainy England, so um, not 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 as nice a setting as um, as the previous podcast Absolutely we recorded. Not. Yeah, other, than, <laughs> other than that, all good, all good. Very man. good, very good. Yeah, no, it's been pretty crazy as over here weather-wise. Um, obviously, I think we're a bit we're a bit uh, spread out between the three of us. But it seems like the whole country's just been, uh, yeah, very wet and windy. And uh, yeah, wishing we were somewhere like Portugal, I guess. <laughs> so this week on the College Football Podcast, what we're going to do is there's been a lot of talk about rankings and everyone's sort of spitting out their top fives, top tens, and we're going to kind of do the same. So what we're going to do, uh, all three of us are going to sort of go through a top five and um, yeah, we're going to sort of uh, discuss sort of the finer points of each. Uh, maybe maybe some mention some honorable honorable mentions. Sorry if I can get my teeth in, and uh, yeah, we'll mention some players, some things about other teams that we're liking, and then uh, yeah, look forward to next week. And we might have a little bit of a discussion about paying players again because obviously that's cropped up in the news again. Um, so yeah, lads, how are we? Let's go for it. Um, what we're going to do? I'm going to do this from five to one, and we'll work up each uh, each day five, each day four, etc. <laughs> how about that? Oh, it does sound good. I was <laughs> I'm still undecided on mine to be honest. Oh really? I'm, I'm... Well, it was, it was more of a case of getting your guys' opinions as well, really, on what I had. But no, we'll, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to stick. I'm going to okay. stick with it. And it might you, be slightly controversial, so we'll, we'll do it. We'll do that's it. fine. I'm absolutely all for that. I've got a bit of a controversial shout in mind as well. Um, Tom, why don't you start us off then? <laughs> start us off with your number five. Okay. Um, so my number five is Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, I kind of struggled between choosing whether this team was uh, fifth or fourth overall, uh, but you'll see who that is when we get to number four. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just have not really played anyone that, mm-hmm. that's provided a test for them as of yet, um, but they have looked uh, unbelievably good and Justin Fields has looked class. So uh, yeah, I have to eat my words on the uh, preseason take that I had there. Um, <laughs> Ohio State for me at five. No, that's cool. Uh, I think that's a good shout. Um, I also have them in my top five, obviously not number five, because I'm going to go with Oklahoma for my number five. Um, a bit of like you, Tom, with um, Ohio State. Oklahoma haven't really played anyone yet. They played a bad UCLA team, a Houston team who probably could have put a bit more of a fight. But apart from that, you know, South Dakota, Texas Tech, who got their asses handed to them. And, you know, they've only played four games. So as much as Jalen Hurts is playing out of his mind, or Oklahoma playing out of the mind, C.D. Lamb, players like that, all come into the form having big stats this season. I just don't think they've played enough, you know, enough of a good team to uh, to sort of vault the rankings higher than number five for me at the moment. But uh, with the games coming up, obviously we've been talking about the Red River rivalry in a couple yeah. of weeks. Obviously, if they win that, and they've got West Virginia and a couple of difficult games in the Big Twelve, I think they could vault the rankings. So it's five for now, but uh, could very well be uh, even higher come I don't know a few weeks time. Great stuff, Maxwell. How about you, number five? Yeah, I um, <clears throat> love Oklahoma, um, love what they're doing. I've actually got them higher on the list, spoiler alert. I think right now, without being any you know, rude to them in any way, I'll probably put Clemson at five, not because yeah. they've done anything wrong. The fact is there are 14 unbeaten teams in the top 25 at the minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, who it's, it's, it's picking hairs. And they're of the top five, as we know, they're the only ones who <clears throat> really got pushed close at the minute. Mm-hmm. And um, the North Carolina team are talented in a lot of ways, and they're a professional coach in there, Matt Wilson, a guy who's been doing it a long time. But but realistically, that was not a good showing. So um, no, not at all. But still, they're flawless at the minute in terms of their record. So yeah, I've got Clemson at five, doing lots of good things, but undoubtedly it's hurt them having lost some of that talent on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. You know, four new starters on the D line—that's significant. Yeah, no, I think we've spoke about it in the last couple of weeks with Clemson not quite hitting the heights that we're expecting. Uh, a lot of people on on Twitter and on social media talking about Trevor Lawrence and how he's not quite reaching the heights of last year. But I think that's to be expected. Like you say, a lot of turnover as Clemson always seem to have uh, to the NFL. And obviously Trevor Lawrence started his <laughs> college career off as, as good as you can do. So it's obviously going to be some sort of regression from them. If it wasn't, it'd be just literally insane so that's uh, no it's very valid very valid indeed uh tom we'll go to you with number four really quickly uh yeah number four uh so you're not actually straight really much ever, ever to add, but i've got lsu at four um i was debating between lsu and ohio state um four and five i just think obviously we've, we've talked about the defense this year and obviously it's not as i say every time it's not a full 10 yards college podcast if we don't mention grant delphi um <laughs> i like but, it you have you for the yeah. brand my friend <laughs> yeah um but yeah, I just think it's it's great to see LSU with with an offense. Um, Joe Burrow has been impressive so far. The win over Texas uh, for me is, is is a big win. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that that that's sort of what's put them ahead of Ohio State in my, in my rankings at the moment. Yeah, no, I'd go along with that. I think a little bit like yourself with Justin Fields. I've got to kind of eat my words on Joe Burrow because he's playing out of his mind at the moment, uh, surprising a lot of people, especially me. Uh, and LSU are also my number four uh, for pretty similar reasons to, to what you've got. And also pretty similar reasons to kind of what I was saying about Oklahoma with number five. Uh, LSU really still haven't played anyone. You know, that big win over Texas was, you know, gets them above Oklahoma for me. 
Uh, but really, with LSU, it's all to come. And they're another team like Oklahoma who could really vault themselves into the top two or three if they come through this little run that they've got coming up where they've got Utah State, um, they've got Florida, which obviously a uh, top 10 matchup, Mississippi State, and then Auburn, and then Alabama. So that's a nice little gauntlet to come up for LSU. Yeah. <laughs> and if they can come through that, you know, with uh, a loss or maybe even going beaten, uh, they would go right, right up there. Maybe even to number one for me. Uh, but obviously, that's a big ask. Uh, I think that's a great point. I really do. I've I've actually I mean, <clears throat> jumping ahead a little bit. I'll come back to um, number four, but I've got LSU at number three, and I really think you know they are fantastic. And and that Texas game is almost in a weird way it's hindered them away because their defense gave up a lot of yards. Mm. But if you look at Sam Esslinger or, or Ellinger, whatever his name is, the the Texas quarterback uh-huh. over the past, uh, I was reading a stat which in the Oklahoma State game and. Of the past 17 games, he's thrown 40 touchdowns, ran for 17, and he's only had three interceptions in that time. So the fact that LSU were able to hold him down and still fly with their offense, they're averaging like 55 points a game, LSU. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's hard, to, it's hard to see how talented the players are. You know, amazing defensive players you mentioned, like Delpit. Hard to see that, and then how the offensive production's rolling, and not think they could beat anyone right now. Mm. Um, I mean, I love Utah State, but I don't fancy their chances <laughs> uh, against LSU this week. That's going to be um, that's going to be tough, tough no, going. I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it's a nice quarterback matchup. I don't think it'll be a very even matchup on the on the you know, in the game as a whole. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Jordan Love going up against a really good defense, though. Uh, and it yeah, and it, it's a. It's a great defense, you know. Aranda, he's been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. He was with Wisconsin for years when they were doing well, and and now he's brought his scheme and and that energy over to LSU, and you can see it in the players. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I think that's a great point. Um, so do you want to just uh, back up a little bit and go through your number four? Then now you've gone through your number. Three. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I had Oklahoma just behind LSU, but again, obviously, I'm. A lot of praise for LSU there, but um, the reason Oklahoma's fourth is only just because of that. Not um, they haven't really got the same level of defense uh, that LSU does. Um, mm. But in terms of their what they're doing on offense, they're actually breaking the same. The, the, these uh, astronomical years they've had with Baker <laughs> and with Kyler, they're actually doing even better now. <laughs> yeah. And in yeah. some ways, he uh, just in. Oh, sorry, what's his name? Um, Jalen Hurts uh, yeah. is is almost a, a more refined college quarterback than both those guys <laughs> since he's been been all the way to the top already once. Exactly. And this is him as a as a veteran, and it really shows. I mean, they are. I mean, they've got to play Texas, which is going to be huge in two mm. weeks' time, or maybe next week actually, the twelfth. Um, but other than that, you can't see them coming close to losing the game. You know, they are they're just flawless in the way they they attack teams. Um, and they will give up points, but uh, we'll, we'll see. That Texas game should be fun. Yeah, absolutely. We've, we've both been big proponents of Jalen Hurts, and uh, we've almost given him the prefix of the next Heisman winner <laughs> when we say his name, uh, because that's how big of fans we are. Uh, yeah. And like you say, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, they just I, I have to go undefeated, and I have done since the beginning of the season. So, yeah, I'm definitely behind that one. Yeah, and, and really that is such a um, praise on Lincoln Riley because, oh, to, to, for, I mean, the closest I think we've ever seen, I think remember that USC team that was talented had Reggie Bush and Matt Lennart winning, win, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they won the Heisman consecutive years. But that's nothing compared to this. Three different quarterbacks 
all in their first all year tra- at, the, yeah. at the university. All, exactly, all transfers, all guys who have had a difficult road to get there. And it's unbelievable. He is scheme. I remember thinking Mark Andrews was, I mean, he's obviously ended up being a very good player at the Ravens. Mm-hmm. I remember watching his highlight reel thinking, well, he's never been able to make it in the NFL. Every catch <laughs> he has, he's, he's got 15 yards of space around him. You know, Lincoln Riley just gets these guys wide open. Yeah, that's the, that's the most impressive thing, isn't it? The separation that he can create uh, just through the scheme. You know, he, you know, they do have incredible athletes and they have good quarterbacks. Obviously, the last three quarterbacks have been very good. I'm not trying to say that it's just the scheme, but the scheme schemes people open so well. And it just makes it easy. It makes it easy for very talented quarterbacks as well. So it's a recipe for success uh, just from the get-go, I would say. Yeah, great fun to watch. Absolutely. Um, I've kind of lost count. Am I, am I going next with my three now? Yeah, go for your three. I'll, I'll follow you up. Cool. Okay. Um, so my three is Ohio State. Um, yeah, we've gone over their points quite a lot now. Um, they're just killing everyone <laughs> in their path. Um, even the games that they were kind of sort of rumoured, maybe, I don't know, that's the right word actually, but kind of beforehand they were kind of sort of said, oh, Cincinnati, they'll cause them a bit of a problem maybe. Nebraska, yeah. they'll cause Ohio State a bit of a problem. Nah, yeah. you know, it's not happening, is it? You know, what they, 48-7 and 42-0 in that those two games, that's like, what, 90 points? Is that right? Yeah, it's 90 points. Good, good quick math. <laughs> 90 points to seven in the two games that, you know, Ohio State might have been caused a problem in. And then outside of that, they're putting away the teams that they should be putting away, like Miami, Ohio, by over 70 points, Indiana by 40 points, Florida Atlantic again by 30. And Justin Fields is playing out of his mind. And this is, you know, we've said it on the podcast before at the beginning of the season, this is a quarterback that we didn't expect to quite be as, as successful uh, in his first year in Ohio State, you know, for the reasons we've mentioned that he's a transfer, obviously. He's, He's coming in quite inexperienced after sitting behind Jake Fromm. And, you know, he's making us eat our words, like we've said. So, yeah, no, Ohio State are rolling, and I think they've got a good defence as well. But back to it up, you know, Chase Young is potentially the best player in this class, and he's killing everyone as well. So, Ohio State are my number three. Yeah, nice. Good call. Um, my number three is the one where you're now both going to be like, get off the pod. Um, <laughs> but I, you've got to be a bit controversial every now and then. Um, and also, I just I'm doing this on the eye test. I'm doing this on. I think a lot of a lot of people's rankings. Um, like you, 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 I mean, you can't argue with it. Obviously, you've got like Clemson as the current champions, and Alabama have been the powerhouse they've been for a few years. But I think too much of the rankings, even at this early stage, is based on the name and not necessarily performances. <laughs> and kind of got a feeling about, where you're going here. <laughs> and we talk about. Uh, Clemson early on and that lost to UNC and for me I, it's not good enough so um, I'm putting Auburn number three. Oh, um, that wasn't where I thought you were going at all that was not what I was thinking <laughs> <laughs> you built that up beautifully I've got to say <laughs> no I'm putting Auburn at number three and it's for two reasons mainly um, I know people will disagree and I know Bo Nix and, 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 and the offence might have still have quite a few question marks over their head but the defense is absolutely insane, mm. um, and the win against Oregon I still value as, as, as a great win. And then, sort of on the road as well, Carl Field, Texas A&M. I know they've got two losses, but they've come from Auburn, Clemson, and, and I think they are a good team. Um, so I think, based on if we're actually judging this season so far, I'm, I'm putting Auburn at three. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. You know, it's, it is a lot of the time, um, sometimes on name value. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think that'll be the most controversial take that we have, uh, and that's not me trying to be controversial. But that was a good shout, and I enjoyed that one. That was really good. <laughs> um, I, I think it's re- it's really interesting because you look at all the teams that we're talking about, and talking about Ohio State, and we'll get to Bama. They just 
it's just hard to even judge them because of how much better they are than the teams so, they're playing. But it. yeah, but Auburn, we've seen them play now a couple of good teams. We've seen them play really well. I mean, Bo Nix isn't perfect, obviously. Mm. And I, I, if I had to put my money on it right now, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that he's going to be capable this year of, of taking them to a championship, but yeah. He's pretty good. <laughs> he's pretty good. And he's good enough to make that offense roll. And they're running the ball well. And the defense looks good. They're, I haven't put them in my top five. But they are such an exciting team. And, uh, and another big test uh, coming up this week. And I think they'll come mm. through that with flying colors as well. They are, um, they're really enjoyable to watch this year. And uh, you know, the end of the Stidham era wasn't quite what they wanted it to be. But they've come out flying this year. Yeah, definitely. I think Auburn, definitely a team that's surprising me a little bit. I didn't have them down uh, that highly at all, actually, in my preseason rankings. And no, I, have, I actually good. have them just outside the top 10. Uh, a little bit of a spoiler, maybe, for when we go to our sort of next phase in our podcast of sort of talking just outside the top five. But uh, yeah, no great team. And like Tom said, uh, defense is, is uh, on top, top form. Great Tom, start. do you want to move Front forward with your number two? <laughs> yeah, certainly. Um, so no real surprises from me. Um, I've got Georgia at two, um, and yeah, as as I've said from the start, I'm just a big I'm a big Jake from Jake from guy. I think the depth they've got at Georgia. I think the running back situation is is elite. Um, one thing that impressed me a lot about about the the win over Notre Dame, which is also while they're while they're uh, ranked number two for me um, above some of the other good teams, just that sort of marquee victory um but yeah the defense was class and and, and mm. I, I did say on last week's pod that I was I was I was thinking really that they probably should have run up more points um but they didn't really get the run game going um and and Notre Dame were good looked good um I, and I think are good but yeah so number two for me is uh, is Georgia that's a good shout I'm actually surprised given your Jake from uh, affiliation oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah no that's a very good shout I like it Maxwell um, well, I, I, maybe I should, uh, yeah, I'll, if I go into my number, if I talk about Georgia, I'll be giving away my, um, my top spot because that's uh-huh. what I've gone for this week. <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I actually, a lot more in-depth insight than yeah. I will. So, yeah, I actually, I'm actually not the biggest Jake from fan, to be honest. I, I really, I think that he's going to really struggle to go to the NFL just because I don't think he's got those pure passing abilities of some of the other guys and I think that as much as his 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 decision making is brilliant he doesn't make a lot of mistakes you know he kind of needs to be put in the right situation if he was behind the Cardinals O-line for example I think he'd be having a a much much worse year than a guy like Kyler Murray Um, but as a team as a whole that win uh, was was phenomenal and to, to put a team like Notre Dame down like that um, and obviously I know the score was close but really, they could have won by more, I think, in some ways. And um, they've, they're the, uh, between them and Bama, they're the only one that's faced a real test. And that, that defense looks as stingy as ever. The run yeah. game is fantastic. I mean, how many running backs are we going to see come out of Georgia <laughs> with that much talent? <laughs> it's a factory, it's, man. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, spoiler alert, they're my number one. <laughs> I think um, just because of what they've done so far, not, I don't necessarily think that's going to always be the way. Like Ohio State, I haven't put in my top five, but after this weekend when they play Michigan State, this could all change and mm. they could be mm. shooting to the top because 
you know, I'm mean, getting ahead of myself a little bit, but Michigan State are one of the best, traditionally one of the best defenses in college football. Yeah, sure. Ohio State puts 50 points on them, well, all of a sudden I'll be thinking about them in my top couple. But right now, Georgia, um, top top spot there. Uh, yeah, I think you kind of touched on it earlier on, Maxwell, where you mentioned that, um, what was it, 14 unbeaten teams in the top 25? Obviously, it's very early days and we've still got to sort the sort of... You know the good from the bad a little bit, or the or the great from the good. Um, with you know, then that will come in the next few games. Obviously, a lot of the big uh, programs start with sort of cup get, get, cupcake games, and uh, you know now we're moving to conference play for the, the lion's share of the, the season. And uh, yeah, that was time to sort it out. So we're on to my number two, and I, my number two is Clemson. Um, so. Obviously, you'll notice that I now have either probably Georgia or Alabama outside of my top five, uh, yeah. which will, uh, which yeah, like I said, was maybe being a bit controversial. Wow. But I will, I will talk about Clemson first. I mean, Clemson, obviously, great team. I think I had them preseason ranked number one. Um, they're just another team that just hasn't really been stretched yet. You know, they played A and M, but we we spoke about this a few weeks ago. Kellermon didn't play very well. And it was a it was a massive disappointment to be honest uh, a few weeks ago when that when that game went down, um, and then obviously we've got this UNC game that which which was too close to call that that could easily have been a loss uh, with the way it ended with a two point conversion. Um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm not too impressed. And as we we spoke about earlier on with uh, you know Trevor Lawrence not quite being at the heights, I think that'll change. I think they'll sort of click into gear. But yeah, for the moment, Clemson are, are sort of down the place and took my number two. You kept him up there. <laughs> yeah, I did because I did, they're still a great team. They've still got a lot of talent, and you know they're still blowing. It's still going to blow people away later on in the season. Um, so yeah, no, I've, yeah, I'm still keeping up there. I'm still keeping That's up there. there. I, th- I think they, you know, they are such a good team. But uh, and that the thing is, I think we're almost in a way overestimating the underestimating the A and M win because of the UNC close victory. But a- Texas A and M have got a great. Great team, and they and they ran, they ran over them better than they did last year. Anyway, yeah, yeah. that's so true. That's true. Yeah, and that closer true. Last, last year. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I think we've kind of is that every that's everyone now, isn't it? Because well, we've got we've got we've got your so twos. Actually. covered Georgia. Yeah. So I'm assuming you have my, num- my number two is Alabama. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I think yeah. I think as much as they are one of those teams that still hasn't really faced. A great side. Although, if we get a chance to talk about Duke, I would love to talk about them because, <laughs> uh, as much as you know, they're nowhere near the same league as Alabama, but mm. um, they are a fun team. But no, they haven't faced a lot of talent yet. The South Carolina defense is pretty good, um, yeah. uh, but the, the, if we talk about like the eye test. You're really looking at their intuer, um Jerry Judy and uh, Henry Ruggs, like. You're looking at three guys who right now look like they could be starting on pretty much any NFL team. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to look past that. And that's so on true. top of the fact that they've got that Nick Saban defense, which again, <laughs> looks like it's got about five guys who could go and play in the NFL today. Like They are just loaded with talent. And as much as there are all these teams we're talking about are talented, every every game you look at, they're just so much more talented than these other teams. They so they know how to win. They've got guys across the ball and no weaknesses. That's the one thing. Like it's hard to see who's really going to challenge these guys. So hopefully we get a couple of uh, a couple of these opponents put up some put up some big games later in the year. I can't wait for the Iron Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and before. 
exactly. And before that, they've got LSU. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that LSU game oh, could be fireworks. So excited to see uh, to see what they can do this year. But just from an eye test perspective, it's uh, it's hard to put any team above them. I did put Georgia just above them, but <laughs> but, but the, that three in particular is amazing. That's not even talking about the running back, Najee Harris. Yeah, oh, Najee Harris. Yeah, yeah. Another and one, also another one. the other receiver is. Oh, we've had the stand-up game of the weekend, Devonta Smith. Mm. He had uh, 11 receptions for 274 yards and five touchdowns. <laughs> Just an absolutely <laughs> ridiculous game. And he, I mean, I saw a fantastic clip in the week. I've forgotten uh, who put it out there. It was one of the American uh, networks. But um, I think one of the players got asked, it might have even been Smith, one of the players got asked in a post-match um, press conference as to why, why they were seen doing rock, paper, he was seen doing rock, paper, scissors with <laughs> one of the other receivers in the middle of the game. And he said, oh, well, Basically, we, we all basically want to run the routes so that we know where the ball is going to go. And uh, they basically <laughs> were having like, an argument over who was going to take the next, next <laughs> an argument, but who was going to decide and who was going to run the next route where they knew Tua was probably likely to throw it because they're all just so <laughs> good. There's not really a, uh, a standout uh, wide receiver one, I don't think. Well, obviously, Judy is, to be fair. But, I mean, they're... they're I know yeah, what you mean, though. Like, on a different yeah. team, they, they <laughs> would just... all be number ones, wouldn't they? I guess yeah, that's yeah, kind of what... Yeah. That's yeah, amazing, yeah. and that's and that's why um yeah and that's why they they have stayed one for me because I I did want to look at it and want to look at the schedule and sort of drop them if I could because of all the <laughs> like the cupcake chat and stuff at the start but as like Maxwell said South Carolina aren't a bad defense at all I mean they just beat Ole Miss who aren't doing well in the SEC but it's still a SEC competition and uh, mm-hmm. yeah I I just think Alabama's weapons are just just out out of this world. Yeah, and that's why I've got them as my number one as well. Um, so I've got Georgia at number six, which I know is a bit controversial. I'll sort of talk, talk about that first. Um, I just, I mean, apart from the Notre Dame win, which obviously is a really good win, apart from that, you, you know, you're knocking off nobodies. You know, Murray State is a basketball school, Arkansas State, <laughs> who, <laughs> and then Vandy are obviously like one of the worst teams in the SEC. Yeah, fine, yeah, you, you beat Notre Dame in a great game, uh, but it's just not as impressive. So, yeah, I think a lot of other schools, or the schools that I've put ahead of them at least, are um, you know, just deserve to be a bit ahead of Georgia. And I don't expect that to say the same throughout the season. But, um, you know, like I said, they're just knocking off nobodies at the moment. And they've got other games to come. <laughs> Sorry, go on. I know you're down no, no, to dive in. Saying, no, no, I agree. <laughs> but, do you not, but, but do you not think it's also the same for, like, the rest of them? I mean, if you, if you look at the other teams... That, to I mean, a degree. The, the, the majority of the teams that these... <sighs> I suppose I'm looking at the teams at these top seven right now, but still, they're not, no one's really. I think that's why I sort of gave all the uh, sort of credit I've given them because they're the only team out of the top ten really that have played more than one. Yeah, team yeah, yeah. Any yeah. good? Um, it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> yeah, that is fair. Yeah, that is very fair. Yeah. No, I mean it's early days. You got you've still got to sort it out, but you know, and they've only played four games as well. So this is another thing that came into my my thinking. Um, whereas other teams have played five and one. Um, That's true. Yeah, I just I just knocked them down a little bit. And like I said, I don't expect it to say the same um, for the rest of the season. I don't think they'll finish in the top six. Uh, sorry, I don't think they'll finish sixth. I think they'll be put in the top four uh, by the when, when it calls comes to be said and done. Um, in terms of Alabama, I think we've all we've all just said it. Just as we were just sort of talking about them before, I sort of mentioned Georgia. Um, I don't think I can add much more in. They're just an incredibly talented team with the best head coach in the college game. And uh, yeah, it is sometimes a name value, but sometimes the name value is is the best team, unfortunately, for everyone else who's complaining about it. Yeah. Well, I've got Oklahoma at six, um, which means if you notice who I put in my top five, that I have Clemson at seven. 
Oh, wow. I didn't actually yeah. notice that as we were going through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I can I, I just, kind of I just, get behind it for the same reasons why I've just not Georgia down, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I take, I take uh, pride in that. I mean, Maxwell's got Clemson at five, so I'm only two behind now, which is <laughs> terrible. And we've just, plus, we've discussed all the other teams. I just, as you said, I mean, Oklahoma, Ohio State, LSU, uh, Georgia and Alabama are just all, all up there as well. I mean, I've thrown Auburn in a bit too high probably, but yeah, no, it's good. It's a good, good discussion. Good to, good to get your thoughts on it. Absolutely. Yeah, and we, we haven't even touched on some of these other, like Penn State, Michigan. Oh, Penn State. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, Penn State, Wisconsin, uh, after that win over Michigan. You know, those are two teams in Wisconsin and Penn State who they, they, they haven't put a foot wrong all year mm. yet. And, mm-hmm. and really, they can't get a, a look in at the minute because of no. how strong the top of the, uh, the board is. So yeah, let's uh, like I say, let's get into that. Let's get into sort of who we've got outside, just outside our top tens. Um, so we mentioned who we mentioned, Wisconsin. Um, I, I've got them down as one sort of one that I wanted to mention. They've only conceded twenty nine points <laughs> throughout the whole uh, of their four and zero start. Um, you know, fifteen against Northwestern, fourteen against Michigan, and then a couple of shutouts. And obviously, that defense is just playing lights out. Uh, you know, it's a little bit like what we were talking about earlier with uh, sort of teams playing nobodies, let's say. But they're still they're still rolling. Jonathan Taylor's running over everyone. So yeah, like you say, um, not put a foot wrong throughout the whole season. And I think they're ranked eighth at the moment. And uh, yeah. yeah, they could they could be ranked higher given in, in a couple of weeks when they uh, if they keep on steamrolling people. Yeah, I like that. And obviously we we, we spoke about Jonathan Taylor as well. Um, and I think when you've got when you've got that um, when you've got that uh, weapon at your disposal, um, you're, you're going to be a good team. Aren't you? Mm. Yeah, definitely. And they've got Michigan State, who we mentioned, you know, their defence. Uh, they've got them in a couple of weeks. So, again, if Jonathan Taylor sort of uh, racks up uh, another 100 to 200 yards on them, uh, yeah, Ohio State will be in sight and uh, be a real big test for that one. I feel bad for Michigan State. The next three weeks they've got uh, Ohio State, then Wisconsin, and then Penn State. So three <laughs> It's a Big Ten goal, under- isn't it? <laughs> It's horrible, yeah. So I, I don't think they're going to come out of that very well because all three of those teams look brilliant. And mm. Penn State are the one who, they're not getting the accolades of some of the others and I can see why because um, they're back, you know, the quarterback and the running back aren't as big a name, certainly. But their defense is seriously underrated as well. And um, I mean, I know they haven't faced brilliant teams yet. Uh, and they had a close win over Pitt. But, you know, Pitt beat, beat UCF a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago so mm-hmm. you know this that's not any joke team either um yeah sure and um I think I think I think they could be a, a surprise team and someone who uh, when they do play the Wisconsin's and Ohio States of the world could give them a real uh, real run for the money mm-hmm. yeah no definitely um yeah let's talk about UCF actually um obviously that's the first loss in a couple of years um where do you guys stand on UCF? Obviously, they, they sort of go undefeated all the time and um, kind of <laughs> proclaim themselves to be national champions all the time, don't get the respect that they deserve. Do they deserve the respect that they do garner or are they sort of pegged right because they don't have that level of competition that other schools do? Maxwell? <laughs> I, yeah, I, lo- I, I love UCF. I absolutely love them. I think, I um, I think they're one of the, my favourite things to come out of college football in the last couple of years in terms of what they've done, not just like reigniting the, you know, the, the offence, uh, the old Oregon offence, which is what Scott Frost kind of did, but they're taking it to uh, a really another level um, in how not only they play, the way they play defence, they play special teams, they're, they're pushing teams like uh, LSU and Auburn in bowl games in consecutive mm. years. Games, yeah. 
you know, oh, you know, those are that shows that they're not just any old um, organization. They are someone that can really um, stand up with the big boys. And um, you know, uh, yes, they they did lose. They lost to a really game pit team a couple of weeks ago. And I think their offense has probably lost a little bit of talent um, in some ways, but they're actually scoring the same heights that they ever were. The big difference is that. Um, you know, they haven't got the same talent on defence. I think their defensive scheme has, has um, not been found out, but they've been doing the same thing now for about four years. Mm. Um, so maybe some teams, it looks like they're catching up to them a bit. Um, they, they leave kind of soft edges. Um, so teams have been hitting them with quick outside zone plays and quick hitting edge plays. And I think um, that was not something that they were doing a couple of years ago. And also they've got, a, you know, in general, they've got, they got a bigger name, so people want to beat them. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, but we'll see what they can do this this week because they got Cincinnati, and Cincinnati are such an underrated defense. Um, they've got what, much more talented players than you think about a team like that. And um, realistically, that could be another loss. And if they do have two losses in the year, then then they'll some of I think unfortunately some of what they've built in terms of their prestige maybe not back a bit if they have a two loss season. So I don't wish that on them, but at the same time, I do think Cincinnati are, are an up-and-coming team um, with a lot of uh, a lot of upside. Yeah, no, for sure, I definitely believe that. I think this is sort of the two best teams, sort of in the in the group of five, I would say, that are sort of are facing off against each other. Um, if not the two top two, definitely in the top uh, top echelons of that. Well, the group of five, as I say. And, and I think, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of UCF. So I like I like I got on the uh, the bandwagon of the national championship and all that stuff. This is all good fun. <laughs> but you, you you do have to feel for the fans and the players. You know they go twelve and no, they beat Auburn. Uh, they did beat Auburn, didn't they? The year before last in the bowl game, and then it was last year that they last year they lost to LSU by eight. So yeah, I think Correct. as Maxwell said, they're showing that they um they they can hang the big boys. Um, do I think they're sort of playoff? Top four at the minute, no, but uh, they, they definitely deserve the, the sort of the credit that, um, that yeah, well, they do they do deserve to be credited as a good team, good mm. program, strong program. Yeah, definitely, I, I think so. I think so. Um, Maxwell, did you, am I right in thinking that you wanted to mention Wake Forest in this little section? Uh, yeah, another unbeaten team, um, five and at the minute, and I think one of the reasons um, it's it's a bit funner to give them a bit of love as well is because. They've actually got some um, real interested opponents coming up, obviously, in the ACC. So they will be playing Clemson and they you know, they will get a chance to pit themselves against those guys. But what they've got going in the backfield is uh, amazing. I mean, they've got a three-headed monster back there. Uh, I don't know if anyone's seen them yet, but they've got uh, Jamie Noon in the quarterback, mm-hmm. who really talented um, um, guy. We've got Cade Carney, who's a tough running back, very much in the vein of like a... Um, you know what? He's quite a small guy. Almost looks like a Philip Lindsay, but he's thicker than that. Like mm-hmm. almost like a fullback. Strong, strong guy. <laughs> and then, and then their backup running back is an electric uh, kid called uh, Christian Bill Smith. And the, between the three of them, they're getting hundreds of rushing yards every game. They're blowing teams up all over the place. Um, and uh, you know, they they put could have beat UNC by they beat them by 24-18 but it could have been a lot more points than that and that's the same team that a week later is is um only just losing to Clemson so you know they're a really good side um put up over nearly 40 points against Utah State who've got a good defense as well um and um 
I don't know if anyone follows Noah Riley on um, Twitter. He's a, he's a really good um, football commentator. But something I was mentioning to you guys, they've got a really unique way that they mesh in the backfield. So it's just gun inside zone off. And they they leave the mesh for quite a long period of time, and it gives Jamie Newman quite a lot of opportunities to run the ball himself. Mm-hmm. So in short yardage situation, it's really causing some problems for opposition, and it's um it's just fun to see a, a unique style like that um, tweak on what is a pretty you know inside zone gun is is nothing new, but um, very interesting to see the way they're doing it. Yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, Tom Robbery who obviously is uh, another contributor for us. Uh, he's a huge fan of Jamie Newman this season. I'm sure he'll love the fact that you give him so much love and Wake Forest so much love as well because he's been a big proponent of theirs and he's been giving them all sorts of hype throughout the season. And yeah, I've seen it myself. Jamie Newman is having himself a great season. And I think I mentioned it in the, the very first game of the year when they played Utah State. I was kind of, I throughout the summer, I was like big on Jordan Love and uh, sort of what he was doing. And he was completely overshadowed by Jamie Newman and Wake Forest. So, yeah, no, he's definitely somewhere on our radar over here at Fulton Yards CFB, for sure. Tom, is there anyone else that you want to mention sort of just outside your top five, top ten that's kind of catching your eye? Um, well, to be fair, I, I didn't really... I didn't in my most recent piece either. I sort of give them... Um, I, don't, I don't really necessarily think they're going to make a run. I don't think they're going to be in the playoff contention at the end of it, but obviously you've still got Florida sat there mm-hmm. um, with, at 5-0, f- and o, um, and they are obviously playing Auburn this weekend uh, sure. down in the swamp. So so, so all eyes on that uh, for me this weekend. Um, I think, I think I, I do think Auburn are going to win. Um, I think it's all going to come down to Bo Nix and the offence because I think we've seen, we've seen what the defence can do. I mean, again, like we mentioned against Tamu, the, the tackling, the Auburn defence tackling is just unbelievable. Yards after contact must have been, if not zero, very, very <laughs> low. Every time they received caught the ball, they went down. Um, so, yeah, I don't think there's really... I mean, they've got Kyle Trask, uh, who's sort of set to be the backup quarterback, but in fairness to him, his, his, his last two games, he's, 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 he's thrown uh, 20 of 28 and 18 of 20, two touchdowns in each, and, and he's looked pretty good. Uh, I mean, Towson, that's expected, but one was against Tennessee. I know Tennessee have turned out to be a bit of a dumpster fire um, this year, but yeah, I just I just think if um, if Bonix and 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 the Auburn offense can can get it ticking, I think uh, Gus Marzon said in the presser this week, you know, like they're learning still every time they're out there. It's like fitting the fitting the pieces of a puzzle together. Um, they're developing week in week out, and if the Auburn defense stays as as it as it has looked all season, um, then I think that you're going to get going to get an Auburn win um, mm. and. Yeah, so so I've sort of gone off on a tangent there. Uh, Florida <laughs> are just on the outskirts of the top ten, but yeah, I don't necessarily think they'll be hanging around for too much longer. I guess you've got to sort of big up Auburn after you put them in well, your top five not. so high. Uh, so I just want to ask <laughs> on the off the back of that. Obviously, you mentioned about Florida and uh, Kyle Trask. Do you think sort of losing Felipe Franks is kind of terminal to their season, or do you think it was kind of it, it wouldn't have really mattered anyway? Uh, do you know what? I don't know. Tough one early doors. Yeah, I'm not entirely uh, sure. If any, at the minute, it looks like it might be a good thing. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds terrible. You know, I mean, you know, some some might have said that anyway. To be fair, yeah, not a big proponent of Felipe Franks myself. Um, so yeah, no, I don't think it really matters. I don't think they would have kind of uh, maintained this start that they have. They've got a lot of big games in the SEC to come up, as you say. So yeah, I don't think. Um, yeah, I don't think they can maintain that. I think we're going to see a bit of a drop off now from the Gators, unfortunately for them. 
So I just wanted to mention one one other team uh, from my side personally. I wanted to mention Oklahoma State because they are putting up some points and there's two guys in particular that I want to sort of pay homage to. And just to go back, obviously, Tom, you did your um, SEC sort of review, quarterly review, and I kind of looked back at my Big 12 review that I did and I had Oklahoma State down for three wins. <laughs> so, yeah, you, we can all get things wrong. <laughs> Because uh, they've obviously got three wins or four wins already. So four wins already, yeah. <laughs> um, we've only lost two Texas, which you know, as we've just been saying, Texas is quite a decent team themselves, and that one was quite a close one. But yeah, they are doing it on offense through uh, through Tylen Wallace and Tuba Hubbard, um, who I just really like the look of. Uh, Wallace is explosive route runner, lots of yak ability, not the biggest, but really physical and strong hands. And Tuba Hubbard is, I believe, I haven't got the stats in front of me, which I probably should have done as uh, the host should have some preparation in. Uh, but I believe that Tuba Hubbard is still the yards leader in terms of rushing yards. Um, I really like what he's doing. He's someone who's kind of kind of burst onto the scene. He was Justice Hill's, well, not backup, but he kind of split reps with Justice Hill uh, in the past. And now he's got the sort of starting job. I think he looks really good. He's a good one cut back, good vision, good patience. Uh, he kind of waits for the holes to open up, not in a kind of Le'Veon Bell kind of way, but He's still got that, that sort of patience just to wait, have the trust in his offensive line to open up a hole for him, and then he's got the burst to get through it. And again, to kind of um, bring this back ever so slightly, because I don't want people to get ahead of himself, he isn't like a Travis Etienne like, angle destroyer, but he does have good contact balance. I think he can make the first guy miss. So yeah, really impressive him. Sorry, Maxwell, you were going to say something. I don't, yeah, I don't think he's far off being that angle destroyer, to be honest, because he, the, the, the Kansas State game, you know, Kansas State straight mm. off the back of that big win over Mississippi State. They look brilliant this season. Their defense looks good. And uh, first drive of the second half, he came out with an 85-yard rushing mm-hmm. touchdown. And it just, it just literally, you saw the heads go down. He yep. is a game-breaker. And it's, 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 he's quite similar to Justice Hill in some ways. Um, and, and I think listening to the head coach, um, he's faced his name now, but a brilliant head coach over there at Oklahoma State. And one of the things that he's done well, I think they've recruited for what they want to do. So that it's no surprise that, Joe Herbert and, and uh, Justice Hill have come out of the same program because they've recruited that way, mm. those kind of smaller, explosive game-breakers. Um, but as you mentioned, I, I genuinely think he's the second best of those two players in that offense. Um, if anything, I mean, the, the big shock is that um, the, the quarterback, uh, I can't remember, Spencer Sanders, he, mm. he, he's a pretty average quarterback in, yeah. in a lot of ways. Like, he's thrown some awful, ugly picks this year. But when he throws the ball to Wallace, Wallace is wide open. He yeah. is about as, as good. You, know, you hear a lot of these uh, commentators say, you, you, you can't teach a guy to, uh, you, you know, you can teach a guy to run routes, but the, the guys who run routes best are always the ones that make the biggest impact in the NFL. And, and he's one of them, a classic route runner, brilliant mm-hmm. hands. He's a pretty nasty blocker as well and um, just sets the tone for that whole offense. Tylen Wallace is... Uh, amazing player, and I can't and I can't wait to see more of him. You know, Texas defense. Todd Orlando is about as good a, a defensive coordinator as there is in football, and uh, Tylen Wallace caused him problems all day long. Yeah, sure, no, definitely. Um, yeah, so they're an exciting team. Can't wait to write about them. Yeah, yeah, you're going to sort of take over that mantle. Um, I kind of covered the Big Twelve to begin with, and now you're taking that mantle over from me. Uh, yeah, no, so I'm, I'm looking forward to what you've got to say about them. Obviously ranked uh, 21st at the moment, which is obviously way higher than I would ever expect them to have got. 
Uh, so yeah, no big surprise. Uh, definitely one that I got wrong. I'm going to kind of take a leaf out of Tom's book and do a little um, sort of quarterly review of both conferences that I previewed at the start of the season, and that'll be one that I will have to pick myself up on. And uh, sort of yeah, give myself low marks for that take. I would say for sure. <laughs> Um, so, is there anyone else, players-wise, uh, coaches-wise, teams-wise, that we sort of uh, we sort of catching the eye at the moment? From anyone, going once. Yeah, I've got one. I've got, <laughs> I've got a few. Um, I was going to talk about just one game to look out for this weekend. Yeah, go for it. Um, uh, uh, Western Michigan versus Toledo. I actually put some clips of the Toledo offense on my Twitter because they're just really fun to watch. They do loads of angle blocking, you know, power counter, um, eleven personnel. Uh, you know, a lot of it is kind of like that RPO stuff that you see. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's a bit more than that. They do just kind of seven man protection. They're throwing bombs. They're attacking teams all the time. Um, you know, not one of the biggest teams, but Toledo really really fun to watch on offense. Uh, and then this weekend they're playing Western Michigan, who um, pretty simple schematic team inside zone RPOs. You know you get it a lot, but um, they've got this young running back Levante Bellamy, who um, every time he touches a ball looks like he's going to score a hundred yard touchdown. Like he's not, <laughs> he, he, you know, he's not one of those uh, big names. He's probably not going to get drafted high if at all. Um, but uh, he for college football he's very exciting. And uh, so Western Mission Toledo is a good, fun uh, match for people to look out for if, uh, if they can. Absolutely. Yeah, it's always a good one to sort of uh, talk about the small schools as well. So we get caught up in the sort of top fives, I guess. We're sort of, uh, we've done exactly that. We've got caught up in the, the sort of top echelons of the rankings, but there's plenty of good talent out there, plenty of people that, like this guy who you mentioned, I've, I've personally never seen him, but um, he's someone you, you sit up and take notice of. And, uh, you know, it's a highlight reel by the sounds of things. So yeah, I definitely encourage people to sort of take a take a look at the small school guys and uh, and taking these these sort of less um, I don't know what the what the word is um, less prestigious games, I guess. Yeah, I like watching all the college football. I watch anything. <laughs> <laughs> football junkie. Obviously, we've got a lot of big games coming up this weekend. We've obviously mentioned Florida Auburn. Um, we've also got Michigan Iowa as well, which is um, should be a, a big game in the Big Ten. Um, I, I spoke about John about uh, Jim Harbaugh last week, and uh, if the Iowa team, if they could back up another loss for him, that could be another nail in the coffin, I think. Um, and then we've got Oregon Cal. Obviously, we've not mentioned the Pac-12, probably because they're absolutely nowhere near the top ten of any rankings at the moment. Um, and yeah, I'm a bit pissed off with them all. And yeah, but we do have. <laughs> we, <laughs> we do. I was going to say on that point though, I saw you put a tweet out because I think I, I sort of added you again in the week saying. Um, I've forgotten who beat who now, but it was another case of uh, the, the Pac-12 eating each other. Mm. And you sort of, but I, I agree with your point, actually. I, I think, yes, while at the minute it may mean that there isn't anyone near the top, it's still it's a fantastic and fascinating league to follow and to, or yeah. and to watch. I think anyone can beat anyone on their team. That makes great, great college football watching. It's a great advert for the sport as well. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great conference to watch. It's frustrating if you actually want the conference to do well and, and have a, a top four representative because I think they bat from sort of behind because of the reputation that they've got anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of frustrating. I've obviously, obviously pulling for them early on in the season and wanting someone to get in there, anyone to get in there. Um, and yeah, I had Utah, didn't I, over the last couple of weeks who who uh, lost that to, I can't remember who it was now, a couple of weeks ago. And that was kind of the nail in the coffin because we've got a lot of unbeaten teams who are going to be sort of winning their conferences and you're not going to get a one-loss Pac-12 team in the final four. 
But yeah, we do have a big game. We've got Oregon versus Cal. And like you said, Tom, a couple of weeks ago, Oregon still are the best hope with that neutral site loss uh, against Oregon. And Cal have been playing well, so that could be, you know, could be another sort of big win on their schedule if they get it, because Cal, I know, pushovers never had a great start to the season as well. Um, and then obviously we've got uh, LSU, Utah State, which is on another game uh, that sort of uh, to sort of look at in the calendar and, you know, might have a lot of talent on show for, on, on mostly um LSU side of the ball, but obviously you've got John Love, um, like I say, going up against a good defence um, in that one. Definitely. Uh, so, okay, that sort of rounds up our rankings talk and I'll sort of talk about all the teams. I uh, just wanted to touch on this sort of news that's come out about the, sort of out in California, about the NCAA kind of almost being backed into a corner a little bit more. And now it's actually sort of written into law that they might have to start paying the players. I just wanted to get your guys' opinions. I didn't really want to go too deep into this, but just get your opinions on whether you think that the NCAA should have to pay players and, and sort of make it, uh, kind of take away the amateurism of it. I just wanted to go to, yeah, to get you guys' uh, opinions on that. Max, I'll come to you first. What do you think about this? I think in general, um, anything that gives the athletes more power is a great thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they are, they're in a really unique um, place in the world of sports um, are college football players partly because of the the nature of of the violence of the game you know like yeah it, because it's so violent because of the the opportunity for injury they're really not protected and there's so many horror stories of guys who who were so talented but, mm-hmm. but unfortunately had a you know um, something that ruined their career and and maybe uh, ruined, you know, their chances of of, of making some of themselves. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it, you know, it, it's um, giving the power to the players is a brilliant thing. Uh, I think there's some things that um, I, one of the rumours I heard was this now means the end of the um, of the desire for the NCAA game coming back out. We won't get that again, unfortunately, because uh, you know the the, the these um, the, now that the players can get that money also means that it kind of limits the NCAA's the, the, desire to kind of push out certain products um so so we'll see um what the ramifications are but it's definitely a good thing and um, at the end of the day you know uh, power to those guys who are making a saturday afternoon more enjoyable yeah definitely no i completely agree with that tom what do you reckon what's your take on it yeah yeah i agree i think yeah you hit it on the head there um i think i think uh, i mean I, I like to look at both sides of the argument and, and Sure, and see what other people are sort of commentating on, on Twitter and so on. And, and I think a lot of the argument from the opposition is that, well, they are getting paid. They're getting paid by having this fantastic free education. But then just as Maxwell was saying, if you actually look at it, it's not a free education because if it was free, it would come with no terms and conditions. And, and, and essentially that, that they are earning their education through playing sport every Saturday, through training every single day, through putting their bodies on the line. The risk is the injury, um, the the... The, the, the potential of not being of not going pro like these guys have still got to study at school they've still got to get their degrees um, whilst having all that extra pressure of being a student athlete as well um, so yeah I think it'd be a great thing I mean this is probably going into way too much detail maybe a conversation for another time but I think also I'd be interested to, well it's not just I mean straight away we think about college football we're obviously talking on the college football podcast but I think interestingly <laughs> it's going to do a lot for I think especially um, like women's sport, female sport as well, because obviously it's going to be all, 
all NCAA athletes, it's mm-hmm. not just college football. So, I mean, I, I think they, uh, they did something with a former UCLA gymnast who, who's got like a perfect 10 or something. I was reading in that article that you sent through in the LA Times. And you, know, you don't think about that straight away. We're thinking, right, should these college football players be, uh, players be paid? What about all these other student athletes that go to uni and go and get their degree and have to train uh, six, seven times a week and then come out? But they might be, they might perform at a collegiate level at a sport where there's virtually no professional mm-hmm. sort of income mm-hmm. after college. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's a nice idea to think about those guys getting rewarded as well. The only, the only questions I have, and again, this will all be decided later on, um, but it's, is it then just going to become, because right, how are you going to determine who gets paid what? So is it going to be percentage of gate? Is it going to be sort of the more successful schools then have a bigger budget to pay the players more, which then means the gap between the, the power mm. five conferences and, 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 the, and the group of five schools um, gets even bigger? Or is it going to be... Oh, a lost, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, or is it going to be a, a, a set wage almost, if you like, if you pay mm. at a certain standard, but then the guys that are playing at the top and playing in front of 90,000 every week are going to say, well, hang on a minute. How come that guy getting the same as me? So I, I do worry about that side of things. That side of things for the for the, for the schools and or the, the legal side of it to to, to figure it out. So I, I don't think I should go into too much detail on that. But yeah, I think these players definitely deserved uh, deserve to be um, rewarded for all the time and effort that, that they put in. And again, as Maxwell said, providing us fantastic entertainment every Saturday afternoon. Yeah, no, I'd completely agree with everything that you you've said. Really, and I'd love how you've gone into like the wider point of it it's not this narrow issue that's just relating to college football it's like you say it's ncaa wide it's multi-sport it's multi you know it's female and male male sports yeah um yeah i agree i think the way to tackle it and it is a multi-layer problem and issue it's not sort of a one-size-fits-all i i do think there's got to be some sort of set uh capped figure i don't think you could get sort of alabama paying way more than like a group of five school because yeah. like you know they, they then that would create a a um, an advantage with their recruitment just as the NCLA yeah. which is yeah. saying that you know exactly well exactly exactly and I think I sort of said this a couple of weeks ago when I was uh, sort of talking about this on my own on the podcast um, I think one thing that I really want to sort of see taken away is the shadiness of it I mean we already know that the college athletes get paid and their families get paid in some way or another mm. but that this will kind of lift it above. Um, and into sort of legal sort of airs rather than it being on the table, which I, I'd like to see. And because you can you can get a lot of naughty situations that come from that and bad situations that come to that, and people getting taken advantage of, which obviously no one wants. You know, you don't want people to be exploited for their talents. You want people to be paid fairly for their talent and the work that they put in, which is you know what I think we all are sort of getting at. Definitely. So yeah, obviously yeah, one one thing I think that's pretty much going to wrap up the pod. But obviously, if you've got any sort of views on this please get in touch with us. Please give us a tweet, uh, write us on Facebook, drop us a DM, whatever you think. And, you know, if you, if you feel so passionate about it, you know, maybe get you on the pod and you can sort of tell everyone about what you, what you think, what you think maybe the solution is. But yeah, like I said, I think we're just going to wrap it up there, boys. Uh, a brilliant podcast. Really, really good to get your opinions on a lot of things. And uh, yeah, a lot of fun as usual. Maxwell, first of many, I hope. Hope you've enjoyed yourself. Yeah, it's been great fun. Thanks for having me. No, not at all. Um, I'm sure we'll get you back on many, many times. Um, so yeah, we'll just wrap it up there, boys. Um, it's a goodbye from Tom. Goodbye from me. Uh, goodbye from Maxwell. Thanks again, guys. And it's uh, a goodbye from me. So we'll see you on the other side, people. Great stuff. Thanks for listening to the podcast. For all your football needs, check out our website, fullteenyards.com or follow us on Twitter at Full 10 Yards CFB. And remember, 
keep those eyes peeled.